Spring-Heeled Jack is an entity in the English folklore of the Victorian era. The first claim sightings of Spring-Heeled Jack was in 1837. Later sightings were reported all over the United Kingdom and were especially prevalent in suburban London and Midlands in Scotland. Hello and welcome back to the Gloomy Star Podcast. I'm your host, Henry Bilbrey. And today we're going to be talking about Spring-Heeled Jack. There are many theories about the nature and identity of Spring-Heeled Jack. This urban legend was very popular in its time due to the tale of his bizarre appearance and ability to make extraordinary leaps, to the point that he became the topic of several works of fiction. Spring-Heeled Jack was described by people who claimed to have seen him as having a terrifying and frightful appearance with, um, with diabol- diabolical physiognomy clawed hands and eyes that resembled red balls of fire. One port claimed that beneath a black cloak, he wore a helmet and a tight-fitting white garment. Many stories also mention a devil-like aspect. Others said he was tall and thin, with the appearance of a gentleman. Several reports mentioned that he could breathe out blue and white flames and that he wore sharp metallic claws as fingertips. At least two people claimed that he was able to speak comprehensible English. In the early 1900s, there were reports of ghosts that stalked the streets of London. These human-like figures were described as pale. It was believed that they stalked and preyed on lone pedestrians. The stories told of these figures form parts of a distinct ghost tradition in London, which some writers have argued form the foundation of the later legend of Spring-Heeled Jack. The most important of these early entities was the Harmouth Ghost, which in 1803 and 1804 was reported in Harmsmith on the western fringes of London. It was later um, re-repair of 18... In 1824, another apparition in the um, Sandhapen was the Sandhapen ghost, um, who also reported as assaulting individuals in the night. This particular spirit bore many of the characteristics of Spring-Heeled Jack and was reported as jumping over houses as being over 10 feet tall. The first alleged sighting of Spring-Heeled Jack were made in London in 1837 and the last reported sighting is said to have have most been in secondary literature and have been made in Liverpool in 1904. 
According to much later accounts, in October 1837, a girl by the name of Mary Stevens was walking in Lavender Hill, where she was um, working as a servant. After visiting her parents in Borista, on her way through Calcum Cottom, uh, a strange figure leapt at her from a dark alley. After embolishing her with a tight grip of his arms, she began to kiss. He began to kiss her face, while ripping her clothes and touching her flesh with his claws, while, um, which were according to her deposition, cold and clammy as those of a corpse. In panic, the girl screamed, making the attacker quickly flee from the scene. The com commotion brought several residents who immediately launched a search for the aggressor, but he could not be found. The next day, the leaping character is said to have chosen a very different victim near Mary, Stevens' home, inaugurating a method that would um, re-repair its later reports. He jumped in the way of a passing carriage, causing the coachman to lose control, crash, and severely injure himself. Several witnesses claim that he escaped by jumping over a nine-foot-high wall while cracking with, with a high-pitched, ringing laughter. Gradually, the news of the, of the strange character spread, and soon the press and the public, public gave him the name Spring-Heeled Jack. A few months after these first sightings, on the 9th of January, 1838, the Lord Manor of London, Sir John Corwin, revealed as a public session held in the man um, mansion house an anonymous complaint that he had received several days earlier, which he had withheld in hope of ob obtaining further information. The correspondent who signed the letter, a resident of Peckman, wrote, it appears that some individuals had laid a wager with a mischievous and foolheartedly companion, that he durst not take upon himself the task of visiting many of the villages near London in three different disguises, a ghost, a bear, and a devil, that he will not enter a gentleman's, gentleman's garden for the purpose of alarming the inmates of the house. Um, the wager was, however, been accepted, and the unmanly villain has succeeded in depriving seven ladies of their sense, two of whom are not likely to recover, but to become burdens to their families. At one house, the man rang the bell, and on the servant coming to the door, this worse than brute stood in no less um, dreadful figure that a specter clad most perfectly. The consequence was that the poor girl immediately um, swooned, and has never, from that moment, been to her senses. The fear has now been going on for some time, and strange to say, the papers are still silent on the subject. The writer has reason to believe that um, they have the whole history at the finger ends, but through interested um, motives and instructed to remain silent. Though the Lord Mayor seemed fairly skeptical as a member of the audience confirmed that the servant girl at about Kingsington, Hammersmith, and Eagleton tell dreadful stories of the ghost or devil, the matter was reported in the Times on the 9th of January. 
other national papers on the 10th of January, and on the day after that, the Lord Manor showed a crowded gather, a crowded gathering of people, a letter from various places and around London, accompanying of similar wicked pranks. The quality of the letters that poured into the mansion house suggests that the stories were widespread in suburban London. One writer said several young women in Hammersmith had been frightened into dangerous fits and some severely wounded by a sort of claws and misincreant war on his hands. Another correspondent claimed that in Stockwell, Brixton, Camberwell, and Vauxhall, several people had died of um, fright and others had fits. Meanwhile, another reported that the trickster had been repeatedly seen in Lewisham and Black Heath. The Lord Mayor himself was in two minds about the affair. He thought the greatest exaggerations had been made, and that it was quite impossible that the ghost performed the feat of a devil upon earth. But on the other hand, someone he trusted had told him a servant girl from Foster Hill who had been scared into fits by a figure in bare skin. He was confident the person or persons involved in the phantom display would be caught and punished. The police were instructed to search for individual individuals responsible, and rewards were offered. Perhaps the best known of the alleged incidents involving Springfield Jack were the attacks on two teenage girls, Lucy Scales and Jane Alsop. The Alsop report was widely covered in the newspapers, including a piece in the Times. Fewer while fewer reports appeared in relation to the attack on Scales, the press covered of these two attacks helped to raise the profile of Springfield Jack. The Alsop case. Jane Alsop reported that on the night of February 19, 1838, she answered the door to her father's house to a man claiming to be a police officer who told her to bring a light, claiming we saw we have caught Springhill Jack here in the lane. She brought the person a candle and noticed that he wore a large cloak. The moment she had handed him the candle, however, he threw off the cloak and presented a most hideous and frightful appearance. Vomiting blue and white flames from his mouth, while his eyes resembled red balls of fire, Miss Alsop reported that he wore a large helmet and that his clothing, which appeared to be very tight-fitting, resembled white bullskin. Without saying a word, he caught um, he got hold of her and began ting- tearing her gown with her claws, while she was certain um, were of some metallic substance. She screamed for help and managed to get away from him and ran towards the house. He caught her on the steps and tore his neck and arms with his claws. She was re- rescued by one of her sisters, after which she, her assailant fled. The Scales Case On February 28th, 1838, nine days after the attack on Miss Aesop, Aesop, 18-year-old Lucy Scales, after her sister was running home um, after visiting their brother, a butcher who lived at the respectable part of Limehouse, Miss Scales started in her deposition to the police that was um, she and give, sorry, Miss Scales stated in her deposition to the police that, um, she and her sister were passing along Green Dragon Alley. 
They observed a person standing in the angle of the passage. She was walking in front of her sister at the time, and just as she came up to the person who was wearing a large cloak, he he spurted a a quantity of blue flame in her face, which deprived her of her sight, and and so alarmed her that she instantly dropped to the ground and was seized with violent fits that continued for several hours. Her brother added that on the evening in question, he had um, heard the loud screams of one of his sisters moments after they had left his house, and on running up Green Dragon Alley, he found his sister Lucy on the ground in a fit. With his sister attempting to hold and support her, she was taken home, and he then learned from his other sister that what had happened. She described Lucy's assailant as being a tall, thin, and gentlemanly appearance, covered in a large cloak and carrying a small lamp of bullseye or a bullseye lantern, similar to those used by the police. The individuals did not speak, nor did they try to lay hands on them, but instead walked quickly away. Every effort was made by the police to discover the author of these and similar out, out, outrage, as and several peoples were free um, were questioned, but were set free. The vast urban legend built around Springhill Jack influenced many aspects of Victorian life, especially in the contemporary popular culture. For decades, especially in London, his name was acquitted with the Boogeyman as a means of scaring children into behaving by telling them if they were not good, Springheel Jack would leap up and peer in at them through their bedroom windows by night. The character was written into a number of penny dreadful stories during the later half of the 19th century, initially as a villain and then increasingly had increasingly heroic roles. By the early 1900s, he was being represented as a costume artistic avenger of wrongs and the protector of the innocent, efficiently becoming a um, prosecutor to Pulp Fiction and then comic book superheroes. No one was ever caught and identified as spring Jack, combined with the extraordinary abilities attributed to him and the very long period which was reported at large, there has led to numerous and varied theories of his nature as well as identity. While several researchers seek a normal explanation for the events, other authors, authors explore the more um, fantastic details of the story to propose more different kinds of stories of paranormal speculation. Support for today's episode came from Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make your podcast. The sources for today's episode were Wikipedia. The host of today's episode was me, Henry Bilberry. And the director of today's episode was Henry Bilberry. <laughs>